Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for our consideration this morning as we focus on God's gift of marriage and family is the gospel lesson that we heard a few minutes ago where Jesus said, The two will become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. This is the word of our Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, brothers and sisters in God's family, just tell it to me straight. We, we might find ourselves saying those words when we want to find out something from somebody, some facts or their opinion, but we know that maybe we're not going to exactly like what they have to say to us, but we want to hear it. We don't want it sugar-coated. We don't want half-truths. We don't want them to tell us something that we want to hear, but not what we need to hear. We don't want to hear some nice-sounding gobbledygook that doesn't really say anything. We want straight talk. We want straight talk from our doctor when we go in for a checkup. We want straight talk from our mechanic when we take our car in for repair. We want straight talk from politicians and elected officials. But of all the things that we want and need straight talk about, perhaps none are more important than what we're focusing on in our worship today. Marriage. Whether you are young or old, or male or female, married or single, all of us are profoundly affected by marriage. But sadly, there's been a lot of twists and turns and changes about marriage. We so seldom, hardly ever hear straight talk about marriage, it seems, anymore. But we need to. And thankfully, God does talk straight to us about marriage. He's got a lot to say to us about marriage. This morning, let's listen to our Savior Jesus Christ as he talks to us straight about marriage. Some of the things he has to say maybe are a little bit hard for some to, to listen to and to hear. But he tells us straight about God's regulations concerning marriage and he talks straight about God's blessings in marriage. The, the Pharisees who, who asked Jesus that question that we heard about in our gospel today, they did not expect a straight answer from Jesus. Like, like they often would do. They came to Jesus with a question, but not one that, that they really wanted to find anything out about. There's rather a question that they wanted to make Jesus look foolish. They wanted to trap Jesus. They wanted him to look bad in front of the people. And so they asked him a question about what was at that time, like today, a kind of a hot-button topic. Divorce. But they didn't ask Jesus, like, under what circumstances may a believer seek a divorce? Or how can married couples avoid divorce? They simply asked a question that they wanted a yes or no answer to on a topic that needs so much more discussion than simply yes or no. They said, is it permissible? for a man to divorce his wife. And they thought they had him. 
They thought they had boxed Jesus into a corner that he couldn't escape. I mean, no matter how he answered, he would look bad, they thought. They would have him trapped. If he said, yes, it's permissible to, 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 to divorce, they would say, but what about what God said in, in the Garden of Eden? What about the permanency of marriage? Or if he would say no, then they'd say, but what about what Moses said in the book of Deuteronomy about marriage? They had him. Except they didn't, did they? Notice how Jesus answered them. Instead of giving them a simple yes or no, he pointed them back to God's word. And he asked them a question. He asked them a question by asking them about a passage they were probably ready to trot out when Jesus, if Jesus would have said no, that it, divorce is not permissible. And that's from the book of Deuteronomy where Moses addresses the topic of divorce and sets some regulations about it. So they said, yeah, Moses said you can divorce. But understand this. Moses wasn't endorsing divorce. He wasn't promoting divorce. He was simply regulating it. As Jesus said, it was because your hearts were hard. This, this was not God's will, but it was happening. And so the regulations that God established through Moses in Deuteronomy concerning divorce were simply to prevent divorce, divorce from becoming you know, like, a, like a revolving door of marriage, like we see today sometimes among celebrities who, who get married and divorced and remarried and divorced and remarried so many times that we and probably they have a hard time remembering just who they're married to at any given moment. And, and that's not right. And in particular... In ancient times, it would have been very, very hard for women who found themselves in that situation. So God made regulations concerning that, but Jesus wasn't done. He had a lot more to say. He had some more straight talk about it because he then pointed them back to another part of the scripture that Moses wrote by inspiration of God, Genesis chapter 2 that we heard this morning in our first lesson. In Genesis chapter 2, God established marriage and he established what marriage is for all time. And, and, and this is what God has to say. Marriage is one man and one woman who are united together for the rest of their lives. That's God's will concerning marriage. Jesus said what God has joined together let man not separate. Jesus made it clear as he talks straight about this subject that any time a marriage ends for any reason other than God ending it because of the death of one of the spouses, his will regarding marriage has been violated. That's straight talk. It's straight talk that um, maybe a lot of people don't necessarily like to hear. But understand this, it's, it's not the last word that God has to say on the subject of divorce. There's a lot of other things God has to say in his word. For instance, in Matthew chapter 5, that's part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus, addressing the same subject of marriage and divorce, also adds this. He says that if 
a spouse is unfaithful and has broken the marriage through his or her unfaithfulness, a believer can indeed seek a divorce. St. Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote in 1 Corinthians that spousal abandonment, and I think we could certainly include spousal abuse under that category, is also grounds for a Christian to seek divorce. But God has a lot more straight talk about marriage and violating his will concerning marriage than simply the topic of divorce. In Matthew chapter 5, where just before Jesus speaks about marriage and divorce, he says this, Whoever looks at a woman lustfully has committed adultery with her already in his heart. So it isn't just those who have destroyed marriages through sinful behavior and actions that have violated God's will concerning marriage. It's all of us, all of us who have taken a second or third glance at an image on the computer screen that we shouldn't have, allowed an unclean thought not only to, to enter our minds but to stay there a while, who have said things that cheapen God's gifts of sex and marriage. Those are all violations of God's will regarding marriage. God has a lot more to say about the topic of marriage and violating his will. How about things like living together outside of marriage? You know, that's something that today isn't just something that's more common than it used to be. It's almost expected anymore. You know, society is all but said, at some point in your relationship with, with your boyfriend or girlfriend, you're probably going to get you're probably going to move in together. And then and that's a good thing, despite all of the statistics that consistently show couples that live together before marriage have a much higher rate of divorce later on. But God says marriage should be honored by all. And the marriage bed kept pure. But also understand this. Jesus is not saying that divorce or living together before marriage or having sex outside of marriage or having lustful thoughts within, our, within a marriage or outside of a marriage, that these are unforgivable sins, as if divorce were the one sin that's not forgiven. That's certainly not true. Jesus is serious about marriage and defending it and regulating it. And he talks straight about what violating marriage means. But Jesus is also for forgiveness. So much so that he bled and died on the cross to take away all sins, sins of divorce and sins of, of breaking marriages and sins of the sixth commandment and sins against every other commandment and sins that every one of us has committed. They are forgiven in Christ. So, Jesus talks straight about marriage. He talks straight about regulating marriage. He talks straight about the permanency of marriage. But Jesus also talks straight about the blessings that he gives to all of us in marriage. 
one of the greatest blessings that God gives through marriage is something that we, we heard about in our first lesson where Moses writes that God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Jesus talks about that as well and he says, the two, the husband and the wife, become one flesh. One of the greatest blessings of marriage that God gives is the blessing of companionship. That, that relationship between a husband and a wife is to be one so close and so intimate that God consistently in Old and New Testament uses that as a picture of His relationship with us. The intimate nature of His love for us, His church, His bride. Another great blessing that God gives to marriage is children. It's no coincidence that, that right after St. Mark records Jesus answering the disciples' question or the Pharisees' question and then later talking to his disciples about marriage and its permanency, that he also took children in his arms and blessed them. No, not every marriage is blessed with children. But let's recognize the fact that children are indeed a blessing from God that he does give to many who are married. Parents, rejoice that God gave you the blessing of children and rejoice that you, like those parents that we heard about in the gospel, have the opportunity to bring your children to Jesus. You get to do that in the waters of holy baptism. You get to do that by what you're doing this morning when you bring them to his house. You get to bring your children to Jesus at your house too when you talk to them about them and when you pray with them. Another blessing that God gives to all, not just those who are married, through marriage is stability in society. Imagine what our society would be like without the stability of marriage. Imagine what the family would be like if there were no marriages to hold things together. It wouldn't be good for anyone. Rather, we are all blessed through it. Now, that doesn't mean that a, a Christian marriage, a family that recognizes God's regulations, seeks to follow his will in it, is not going to have any issues. That's not true. You see, every marriage, since the first marriage, since Adam and Eve fell into sin, every marriage is made up of one sinful, imperfect husband and one sinful imperfect wife living in a sinful and imperfect world and we face all kinds of pressure and all kinds of problems and every single marriage has its issues and problems but God says this he promises his grace and he promises every blessing as we married or single seek his will turn to him for his forgiveness and then receive those blessings. Yeah, God has a lot of things to say to us about marriage, things that maybe we don't like to hear, things that have been twisted and turned and changed. Even the very definition of marriage has been changed in our society. But God, our Lord, talks straight about it. Not always easy to hear what he has to say. 
But thank God. Thank God that he has given us the blessing of marriage. Thank God he talks straight to us about its regulations, about its blessings. Thank God for the family you have, whatever it may look like. And thank God especially that he's made you part of his family. Amen. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.